Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Richard, and we have a packed show for you. Uh, plenty of things to talk about. We have the Terry Beagle incident to go over. Uh, Ryan Getzloff announced his retirement. A little bit of catch-up on the trade deadline that we'll go over as well in some league news. Uh, just a lot of stuff going on in the show. We actually have a special guest that stopped by. You might know him, uh, Tamu Solani. So we're going to go to that interview that I did with him right now, and then we're going to break down the Terry uh, Beagle incident. So here's the interview uh, with Tamus Solani. All right, joining me now is the uh, Hockey Hall of Famer. Um, you know him as the Finnish Flash, uh, Tamus Solani. Thank you for coming back on the show. Anytime, boys. Um, okay, so last time we talked, uh, we kind of did the eight thoughts or eight questions with Tamu. Of, of course, number eight, right? So <laughs> let's uh, uh, go into it. I guess, you know, plenty of stuff to talk about with Terry. Uh, we have Getzloff retiring this week and then uh, some stuff in Finland that you're involved in, too, that we'll kind of uh, finish the interview with. But let's talk about what happened with Terry. Uh, last week, the Ducks were up 5 nothing uh, against Arizona. They're looking to score again. And then uh, you had Zegers getting cross-checked by Beagle. Terry getting involved in there and and then getting punched uh, by Beagle. What did you think when you saw that play and and everything that happened, Tamu? How did you uh, you know? I mean, I was upset. I'm sure you were too. Uh, but what did you think? Yeah, I didn't like what I saw. And and obviously, I always believe that that when you have a toughness in the bench and in the team, you can do your job and you don't have to worry about anything else. And obviously, we all saw that what happened when the when Delorius and uh, and uh, uh, Josh Manson is not in the lineup. You know, other teams they grow up like a couple of inches, and they they kind of take advantage of the situation. And I I never like that, and that's why I'm a big fan of those tough guys. But obviously, today's hockey tough guys have to be able to play as well. But they give you actually peace to do your job. I almost uh, use them as uh, insurance guys. So they're obviously the uh, teams are spending huge money for the players, and they have to make sure that those uh, players who are supposed to be the best players. They can do their job and they don't have to worry about anything else. I didn't like what happened and I, and I don't, I don't want to get into it, what happened to Terry, but it would never happen if there's a toughness in the bench and uh, and uh, and especially with when that happened for the, our young guys, it should never happen. So you think if the Ducks, I mean, they traded away Manson and D'Lo, you think if they were there um, either on the ice or on the bench, you think there might have been a, a difference there? I mean, Beagle did get ejected. He did get five minutes for fighting, so there was nothing the Ducks could do at that point. But you think if, if they were out there, it might have gone down differently? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, I think there's no fear factor. When, when other teams look at uh, the lineup and any, any team that who does not have a, a, a toughness uh, and the big boys, they only have a skill and speed, they there's no fear factor and that kind of accountability that, you know, if I do something stupid, uh, I'm going to get punished, you know. So I think the league needs that. I always, I, I have a great story about this. When I went, I, I played for the Winnipeg 
and, uh, and Ty Domi was my teammate, and we are in Detroit. So I got a couple of cross check uh, in the in the neck in the power play, and Ty Ty got so mad, he went to front of the uh, Stevie Eisenman and said, Stevie, one more time, Selena is gonna get this hit. I'm gonna come after you. I'm gonna fucking knock you off. Like I I don't care. So you tell these guys that you know what I give warning, and you know what I will do this. I I'm gonna go after you. So all of a sudden. I can do my job. They can, you can play hard, you can play fair and tough, but there's a line how much you can do. And if you do, you over the over the cross the line, you will get punished, you know. And that's what uh, I don't see anymore. Uh, obviously, instigator rule has made that uh, happen that you know the people can look after them uh, some certain things because you're gonna get suspended. But the toughness. That's only way how you can make sure that the guys can play hockey and not focus on anything else. That's a good point. I mean, and you brought it up in your tweet. You talked about, I'll quote it, you said, you know, you don't like how these Duck Stars get pushed around. We need a couple of Ty Domies here. Uh, now you tagged him and then joke is over. And, you know, I kind of go back in time on this, Tamu. I, I, I look back in the day when you had Todd Ewan, God rest his soul, you had uh, Stu Grimson, and, and, and guys out there that did that, I mean, you felt like when stuff would happen that those guys would step in and there was a sense of maybe a deterrence or something that if, hey, if you're going to get out of line, then these guys are going to come in and maybe stop what, what could happen or at least there would be some kind of, you, you know, um, like you said, accountability uh, for players trying to take advantage of skilled guys. Yeah, in the old days, everybody knew that, you know what, uh, they, like I said, there's a, there's a word called fear factor. And that, what, what that means is that you are, a, you are responsible about your actions on the ice. Today, you don't really have that anymore so, because people, people can't go after people anymore because you're, you're going to get suspended. But, but like you said, you know, like even our Stanley Cup team, we had a George Barros, we had a Brad May, we have a Sean Tortola, we have a Pronger. We have a Travis Moore. We have, we have a so tough team that we can play skill, speed, and toughness. And you can't beat that combination. And uh, if you look Rangers this year, and they really want to go tough. And I talked with Pat, uh, Pat Verbeek, uh, about this after. You know, I didn't want my tweet to look, look bad for him because obviously he has been here a month or so. And, uh, and he had to do, I think he did a great job to get those uh, draft picks and everything. And, and it's hard like when you don't know the team that well. Uh, but his team would never see this again. I, I guarantee it, you know. He doesn't, his teams will, will never get manhandled like that. And, uh, and that's a good sign. And that's why I'm so excited about that he's here because he's going to do a great job. It's interesting you bring that up because some people thought your tweet was aimed at Verbeek. Was, was that the case or was it more just the situation that the Ducks need to have more quote-unquote tough guys or enforcers? Yeah, it was kind of only my opinion, and, and, and obviously it, it was very spontaneous. I, I, uh, uh, I was not thinking about that part. And then re later I realized, you know what, I hope he doesn't think that I, it was shot on him. So I text him and I talk with the darks, and I, I just tweeted that, that what I saw and what I, how I felt. It was nothing against anybody else, you know. It's just, uh, and they, they understand, and they, are, you know, they agree. You know, obviously, you know, I don't know anybody who could not agree with that so uh 
So we have so many great young players right now, and we're all excited about that. We have to protect them. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. What did you think about what the league, uh, I guess they didn't do? Uh, Kevin Bieksa was talking about this on Sportsnet, and they were saying how they can't really do supplemental discipline for excessive uh, fighting. But there's also the question that, that Dan Woods, Steve Carroll brought up, what about having a hearing? There was no no hearing on this. There was nothing from the league. What, what do you think about player safety as far as their role in this and, and what they could have done, if anything? Yeah, player safety job is the most difficult job. And this, you know, every case is different. And, and you got to be very careful that uh, what what level, what kind of style and, and what is their, like, uh, what you can do and what you can, can do. And you have to be very consistent about your decisions. So, to be honest, I, my, my tweet and everything and my point was not actually the beagle and what happened, like, for, for, happened for who. It was more like about how this thing should work, you know. So, so uh, I know George Barros, he's a good friend of mine, and, and a lot of times I talk, I call him about, and sometimes he calls me and asks about, what do you think about this? So, I know it's super hard job, and, and uh, I, I would not not like to be in his shoes because it's it's a fine line and there's never going to be people who is all going to be happy you know there's always any decision you make you know there's a people who's going to be disappointed but that's how it goes you know but uh, overall i would be i would be focusing all the dirty hits and all the things what we don't want in the league and you're gonna get long big suspensions that's the only way how they're gonna learn you know but uh what comes for the like the best players uh, protecting, then, you know, we have to do the things right, you know. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the De Department of Player Safety is a very difficult job. They have certain rules that they go by and certain things that they look at uh, in there. So, you know, I don't know what they could have done as far as excessive fighting because that's not really a rule. I think that they could have had a hearing um, to look at it. But after that, I don't know how much more they could have done. I, I guess what's kind of interesting is there's been a bigger discussion about this. What do you think about fighting in the NHL? Do you think that that should be illegal or, or changed somehow? Or should it be, should they look at that and regulate it more? Because in this instance, Terry didn't drop his gloves. Beagle did. Terry wasn't a willing participant as far as uh, fighting, in my opinion. Um, so what do you think about that? You know what? Obviously, a lot of people are not going to like what I say right now, but I, I think the fighting is part of the game. Uh, I don't I don't like like the fights that it's... Uh, you, you just fight because it's your job. Like, let's fight. There has to be some kind of reason to... I like when when those fights would happen, like when somebody gets mad or some, somebody does something wrong. I like... To, I think they're part of the hockey. They have a very unique game that you, we are able to to uh, uh, fight, so I, I, I think it's it's part of the game, it's part of the culture. I don't think we have to be, that that never should be the biggest thing, but it, it is for sure part of the game, and it's a very physical game, and, and uh, there's a lot of more emotions, and, uh, and people get mad and stuff, so I think it's part of the game, and, and it should be, but that's just me, you know. No, I, I feel you. I know there's there's been a, a lot of discussion on this. I've been torn on this issue too. I mean, it's it's a big thing, but I I'm with you. If the if the league, you know, isn't gonna do anything in particular with this incident, 
I mean, you almost have to have tough guys, and that's what Steve Carroll talked about. He said, you know, you need to have two or three on your team. I, I kind of agree with that. I mean, unless something else changes, Tamu. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think it gives peace for the players to play the game, and 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 you know, it's a uh, everybody loves those tough guys. You know, like all the tough guys who I was playing with, I have so much respect. They're all great guys, and they they they, they take a lot of pride to do their job well and make sure that we can play our game. And like I said again, anybody can play super hard against me and hit me hard, but. You have to do the right way, you know. When you start going over the over that certain line, you know that you, there's going to be, a, you know, you have to answer the answer the call, you know. So, uh, and of course, I understand that, you know, the concussions and the, when the people get hurt, we we don't want to see that. And and but you know, it's like a box, you know, any any other stuff, you know. It's a contact sport, and things happen, and 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 it's all about respect. I think the most uh, injuries is happening when. Somebody's reckless and they, they they try to hit behind the blind shots and, and try to hit the head. And you know right away when somebody tried to hurt somebody. And we all can hurt anybody, everybody in the one shift, you know. When you're battling in the corner one-on-one and you go there as a third man with the speed and just uh, nail somebody, we have to take that kind of access away. And that's what suspensions are very important, that they learn and they would never do that again. Yeah, it goes back to what you said, accountability, 100%. If you have that on there, then uh, you know it, it kind of takes care of itself, as you said. Um, so at least Terry is back. You know, he did play in the last game. He, um, he, he's doing okay. He did miss one game, uh, but he's back in there, thankfully. Um, it, it's been a big week, uh, Tamu. We were going to talk earlier, but then uh, Getzloff came out, announced his retirement. Um, just your initial thoughts on on him uh, retiring and uh, maybe his possible future with the Ducks. It seems like he might want to go in the front office uh, with Anaheim. He's kind of hinted at that. Um, just kind of whatever you want to say about uh, Getzloff right now. Well, obviously, we knew that it's going to... I was maybe thinking that he's going to play one more year, but, you know, the player knows when you're done, you know, uh, especially when you're that age. And uh, I'm very proud of Getzloff. Like, you know, he's 17 years... Uh, with, in the same organization, and, and you know what he has done uh, for the Ducks organization, and, and on the ice and off the ice, it's uh, it's very very remarkable. And um, uh, he he has a big heart, and you know he he has been great teammates, great captain, and you know there's always a lot of respect for that guy. And uh, you know he has won pretty much uh, everything in hockey. And I, I was jokingly saying that he has won everything else, but not to finish national titles. So, and I don't think he wants that, but. But you know, like he has been a winner, and uh, and yeah, it has been a uh, pleasure to be just a little little part of that uh, his journey. And um, you know, for sure, he's gonna work for the Ducks. You know, like I think uh, maybe one year he's gonna just take it off and and just you know recover for everything, and and uh, uh, and then he's gonna work for the Ducks for sure. And I'm so happy for his family. You know, not so many people knows how disciplined life. Uh, uh, it is when you're a professional athlete and and there's a lot of things that you can do even you like to do uh, and you have been very selfish with uh, many ways and now he can give that back to his family and spend time uh, and do do stuff that he was not able to do before so I'm very uh, excited for him 
Yeah, you talked about that before about the grind of hockey and you know all those all those seasons where you came back for one year and then another year and, and, and you talked about the toll that it takes not just on your body but on your family and everything and, and you kept doing that as well. Uh, I mean, it's huge. Like you said, it's a it's a big big sacrifice. Um, during your time with him, is there any favorite memory? I mean, obviously you guys won the cup, but. Anything you want to share? Um, any personal stories or anything uh, that you you know uh, enjoyed with him while you guys were teammates? Well, obviously, for, I, I always remember when Getsy and Perry came as a rookie, and you saw right away that these these uh, two uh, young big players, and you saw right away how good they they can be on the ice, and uh, you know. But I think I think it's more like I said, like. Uh, uh, gets his like big heart, uh, all the charity stuff, and he really cares about people. So, I think that's more important for me. That we there's a lot of great hockey players, but the people who understand that you know it's not all, all about you. You know, you want to make sure that you know you can give back for the community and your teammates and and fans. You know, it's very important. You know, and gets he has those values, and and I think I'm more proud of that than maybe his achievement on the ice, but. Obviously, the whole package, what he has done. Yeah, exactly. The whole package, like you talked about, uh, everything that he's done on and off the ice is huge. Um, as what you've done as well, I, I guess I'll kind of end with this little segment too. I, as people know, you, you go back and forth between uh, California and Finland, and there's some stuff going on there with the Jokerit team. And then it uh, looks like they're coming out of the KHL and trying to get back into the Finnish league, and you have a role in that. We kind of talked before and put an article together um, do you what do you see as your role going in with Jokerit? Uh, I mean, do you do you think that you might be a somewhat of an owner, or what? What are you thinking with what's going on in their situation? Okay, that's that's a good question. Obviously, Jokerit has been my team in Finland, and uh, and uh, you know it has been. I I was never very happy that uh, when Jokerit went to the KHL because you kind of I didn't really feel that it's, it's the same organization or same team that I grew up. You know, so. Uh, but obviously, it was it's a, it's a great league. Every time when I went to Finland, I, wa- I went to watch the game, and it's a very high quality uh, uh, hockey, and it was fun to be fun to have that kind of level hockey in Finland. But but still, I never felt that it was like that same team. But now, obviously, a little bit happened in Ukraine, and uh, you know the K- KHL, you know, journey is over. I'm actually very excited about uh, that the Yogurt is going to go back to the Finnish league. And obviously, it, there's a lot of moving parts. First of all, the league uh, uh, wants you to have own team, I mean, own um, own hockey rink, and which we don't have right now because the, well, the previous Finnish owner sold that rink for their restaurants as well. So they own that rink. So we, we need to get that back somehow. But, uh, you know, I'd like to be a part of the new coming uh, journey for the Jokerit and uh, for sure that's not something what everyday base you know so I, I could be a part owner and ambassador and uh, some kind of like president of hockey operations that I overlook and I help them I'm there maybe one week a month or whatever you know but um, I, I like to be a part of it but like I said nothing like coaching or GM because that's I don't have enough time and passion for that kind of job 
Yeah, and that kind of brings me, I guess, to the last question. I mean, a lot of people ask about your role with the Ducks. You were on the committee to help select Pat Verbeek. Is, is there a role for you with Anaheim somewhere in the future? I know you're enjoying retirement and all the things that you're doing, but would there be any, any type of a role you would do with, with the Ducks? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, obviously I've been very selfish with my, my time and I, you know, obviously playing that long, I, I just, I didn't want to have any commitments with, uh, with what comes to the time. And so I have done some charity work for them over the years and, and I've been part of it, but not like that much. And, but I think right now, I think it's, uh, I'm ready to start doing a little more, be like advisor also and, and amb- ambassador for the, between the fans and everything. So I think, uh, I don't know exactly what that, what title that would be, but uh, I think I'm ready to take the little step to back to the Ducks organization and start working them and be a part of the family again more. No, oh, and I know everybody will appreciate it, Tamo. I know I appreciate your time. I mean, you've been gracious, uh, you know, talking to me. Uh, you've been on the show a couple of times and everything, and um, everywhere we go, you know, everybody uh, appreciates you and, and being the class act that you are. So. Uh, thank you for just taking some time out of your day to talk about what's been going on with uh, Anaheim and Finland as well. Hey, anytime. You guys are good guys, and it's part of, uh, fun to be a part of that show once in a while. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right, and that was the interview with Tamu. Uh, Eddie, what do you think about this incident with Terry and Beagle? I mean, obviously, uh, Tamu was upset about it. Almost all of the Ducks Nation family fans were upset what did you think about this when this play happened the ducks were up five nothing trying to score you see beagle cross check zegris and and then you know everything happened after that what, what did you think about tamu's comments and the whole no, i think it, it expands more than just the uh, our, our ducks fan base uh, going on social media a lot of the other fan bases that are neutral had an incident with, with what happened too um just i get it Someone comes up to you, you're, you're going to defend yourself, but to take it that extreme when a guy's not fighting back, it just shows how much of a bitch and coward you are. I get the cross check. I, I'm not complaining about that. I, I would do the same thing if I was playing. Uh, I do the same thing playing my little shit beer league. I, I do. You touch my goalie, and I'm, I'm going to go after you and whack you, and that's it. But like, that's not the issue. The issue was Terry going up and sticking up for his teammate, Terry had no, really no intention of fighting. It seemed like he wanted to go, this you know, help his teammate out. Beagle just kind of accosted him, beats the, the crap out of him, throws a few shots of when he's on the floor already. It's like, like why would you even do that? Like, what kind of respectful man would you be to do that? I get it. You're, you're defending yourself. Someone steps up to you. I, I, in the same situation, I do the same thing. But if I knew I was fighting someone uh, way less to my skill level, my strength, and I was beating him to a pulp, he hits the floor. I'm not going to go and start start crushing him and, and kind of just doing that, that that extra. And I think a big thing of it, and I talked about trading players like Manson away, trading players like Delorier. I think Delorier trade was a big mistake on the Ducks' part. You leave them exposed and open for other players, especially these veteran has-beens that, that aren't scoring or not really contributing too much and playing on a shit team to take shots and their frustration out on our top players. I get it. Beagle was kicked out of the game. There was not going to be any retaliation if we don't play the Coyotes again. But the thing is, and like Solani said too, if you can't go after him, you're going to go after their star players now. And they have to think about that. If I think we had Manson, I think we had Delorier on our lineup still, Beagle would have thought twice about really going after and beating the crap out of Terry like that. Because if he got kicked out of the game, 
then it leaves his other players that are the, the higher skilled players, the younger players that the Arizona has, it leaves them open for Deloria or Manson to go over there and, you know, take retaliation because of what happened to Terry. Uh, I, I think this is a great example too and why we need the tough guys, why we need fighting into the game, why we need those grinding kind of players. I know a lot of the fan base complains and cries about Deloria not scoring a hundred thousand goals or whatnot, but you need that guy. His contribution to the game far exceeds what people really think. It's not about him putting up the points or the numbers. No, he's there to provide that that extra offense when when he can. But his main goal is to be there and be that deterrent for other teams taking liberties at our players. Damn, Eddie, what are you drinking, man? You just mic dropped that shit. What are you drinking I'm right like now? I'm going back to our old school roots. Good lord, dude. You just like went off and I loved it. Uh yeah, I'm with you. That that's the thing. Tamu talked about that too in the interview you just heard. And that's the thing. Uh, you know, a lot of people talk about the enforcer role and how it doesn't matter or a tough guy and it's not a big deal. And you know, I'm a little torn on it. I I get it. If you know, the specific incident that we're talking about here, if one of those guys is on the bench during that play, Nothing could happen, right? If D'Lo and Manson, one or the other, or both are still on the team, they weren't traded and whatnot, then may, you know, may, maybe nothing happens. If they're on the ice, of course it's a different story. I, I, I think Terry probably doesn't even engage uh, with Beagle at that point. If Manson or D'Lo are on the ice, they probably go over there and just F them up straight up. I, I mean, that's what's going to happen. Uh, as soon as Beagle goes to drop the gloves, if Manson or D'Lo are on there, Either one of those guys is just going to kick his ass straight up. But that's obviously not what happened. They're not on the team anymore. I get it. So in this situation, he's booted out. Um, the Ducks get that, you know, the five-minute power play. They're already up 5 nothing. whatever, they in the game. But I, I think it's important. I mean, that's what Solani was saying is that if you look at what happened uh, in the history, and he even talked about his incident too with Steve Eiserman. I thought it was hilarious, and he dropped the f bomb. I loved it. Tamu cracks me up. But you have guys that at least will go over to the bench, like, "Oh, you're gonna take a shot at our guy? Okay, when your star player comes on the ice, we're gonna take a run at him." And and nobody wants that. They don't want people going after each other's star players. And, and yeah, I, it was a weird situation because Car- Terry came in. After Zegas was got uh, cross-checked, and I'm with you. I don't care what the score is: zero, zero, ten, nothing, whatever. If you're trying to poke out another uh, team's goalie and try and score, you're gonna get a cross-check. You're gonna get a push. You're gonna get hit. That's gonna happen regardless of the score. Period. I don't have an issue with that. But I think it is interesting because what Tammy was talking about. It, it, it's the little things that we don't see as fans on the ice. We can sit there and say whatever we want, but if you had a Manson or a D'Lo to go over to the other team's bench and be like, okay, I'm going after so-and-so, whoever you want to pick on their team, any team, uh, it does add a little difference to it. Would it have changed the outcome? Would Beagle still have punched Terry? Probably. Maybe it would have. I, I don't know. You can't really, it's a tough thing to talk about, but I do think, like you said, Eddie, it, is there's a little bit of that... Uh, Tamu called it the fear factor. I call it the deterrence level. If you have those guys on there, and I go back in time, Korean Solani, you had Ewan and, and Grimson, they would go over there and take care of business, and people would leave Korean Solani alone. 
that's what happened. Uh, I, I think that is something that's important to consider in this. Would it have changed what have happened on the ice at that moment? I don't know. Probably not. But would it have changed what have happened a few minutes later? Uh, maybe. And I talked to a lot of people that, that, that play hockey, uh, even if it's not professional and other stuff, if you know that there's another guy in the team that's going to come after you because you took out their star player, you're going to think twice. And that's what Solani was getting at, Eddie. And I agree with him on that point. Oh, 100%. You know someone out there that can go and kick your ass that's going to run or take a run at you. You're going to think twice before you go out and start acting a fool. Like, it's just it's one of those things, that, that fear factor of it. And I think um, the, the people that don't want fighting in this game, and, and it's it just, I don't know what sport you think you're watching. Maybe go, uh, I don't know <laughs> what you can watch, but fighting belongs in hockey. This is a sport, a physical game. It moves so fast. Those wires get crossed. You just, you have to engage and be ready to have that physicality on it. And you can't, you can't expect players like Zegers. All right, let, let, let's take for example Colorado. Let's take for example Colorado. You had Nathan McKinnon having dropped the gloves to protect Mikko Rantanen. Nathan McKinnon's a superstar. He's one of the top players in the league, if not debatable, one of the top players. Um, he he almost broke his hand fighting uh, Dumba. You can't have players like that going out and fighting. You need those guys, those those kind of meat, sandpaper guys that go out there and kind of regulate and police what's going on in the ice. You don't have that. You get incidents like the Jay Beagle incident, a veteran that's pissed off, playing in the crappy team. It has just at the tail end of his career. It just kind of uses Terry and takes his frustration on, on Terry. And it's just it's not fair. Someone can get seriously hurt. Terry could have got a really bad injury, an eye injury that could have really screwed him up going moving forward in the future over what some some washed up pro veteran yeah and that's a big thing uh terry avoided they were talking about it uh, on elliot freeman's podcast about him having a broken orbital bone uh, originally that was what they thought and it didn't happen uh looked like he just had some um, scrapes and stuff and then his uh better half posted a photo of him looking better on Instagram. So he definitely recovered pretty quickly. But I, I think the big issue in this about fighting is people don't understand it. People that don't watch hockey think about fighting and they're like, they're kind of one way or another. They're like, oh, fighting is, is lame. You know, th that's all hockey's about, yada, yada, yada. But then you have to look at it in a context. And that's what Solani was talking about is Fighting just to fight is pointless. And that's what he was talking about when I interviewed him. He's saying that when there's a reason for it, it makes sense. And that's what happens in hockey. And this was not a fight. I don't care what anybody says. This was a mugging by Beagle against uh, Terry. And the interview by Beagle afterwards was trash. Period. Uh, him saying that Terry attacked him is a bunch of crap. And the fact that he could just swing on him like that is BS. Uh, it doesn't matter. Terry went at him, went to push at him, yell at him, whatever. You engage, you're in the pushing, shoving thing. That's it. After that, he's swinging on him. It doesn't matter who it is. He didn't drop the gloves. And Elliot Freeman talked about this. He, Terry was an unwilling participant as far as being attacked. So I just don't agree with that. I agree with cross-checking Zegras. I, I don't like it, you know, the hit, but I, I get it. You're, you're trying to score regardless of what, it says on the scoreboard. Uh, you're trying to poke at an opposing goalie. You're going to get something from the opposing team. I, I, that I have no debate. That's not an issue. Not a problem. 
But this whole thing about Terry attacked him, well, he said kind of attacked him. He didn't attack him at all. He didn't drop the gloves. He didn't start swinging on him. That's a bunch of crap. That post-game interview with Beagle was trash. I, I can't I can't stand it. And there's a lot of Arizona fans that were defending Beagle, which is even more disgusting, in my opinion. That pissed me off that people were saying, well, Terry deserved it. Terry deserved what? What are you talking about? His teammate got cross-checked. He went over there to mix it up a little bit, yes. But did he drop the gloves and start swinging? No, he didn't. Terry didn't deserve that. So any Arizona fan or any hockey fan that says that, I, I, I don't know what, what you're thinking. Uh, maybe you're smoking crack or, or hitting the bong too much or what. I, I, I don't know. I, I got nothing for you. Terry did not deserve that. Straight up. And anybody that says otherwise is wrong. I, I don't care. Uh, if, if Beagle thought he was getting attacked and wanted to push Terry back and throw maybe a punch or something, fine. But he punched him like over 10 times in the span of like 5 seconds. Was that really necessary? No, it wasn't. Um, so that's, that's why I was upset. That, that's what really pissed me off there is, is that whole part. And then the interview and then the whole thing too with Tyson Nash for Arizona saying that, well, if, if you skill it up, then you should get punched in the face. Who are you, dude? What are you talking about? Who cares? Terry scored an awesome goal earlier in the, in the games, you know, a lacrosse goal. He kind of backtracked, uh, Nash about this and was saying, well, he hot dogged it up. Okay. It doesn't matter, dude. Really? If you want to outlaw the lacrosse goal, okay, outlaw the lacrosse goal. But it's a legal play and he scored. That's it. So, I don't know. I get passionate about this. I mean, of course, yes, I want to defend the, the Ducks. That's our team. That's what we root for. But even looking at hockey in general, I don't care who you are. If, if a guy cross-checks another guy and a player comes in to defend him and the other player just drops the gloves and starts wailing on him, I don't care who it is, Eddie, that's wrong. Yeah, and we've seen countless times in the National Hockey League where same incidents happen. A player skates up to him. Player player A drops his gloves. Player B doesn't. A couple punches are thrown, and that's it. It's done. Um, the refs and linesmen, they're usually so quick and to break up these fights, to jump in there before fights even happen. It just They were like nowhere to be found, just kind of taking their time for once. Um, it was just unfortunate. The Arizona fans saying that Terry deserved it. You're just a piece of shit. You're mad because your organization is failing about the move to Quebec. So have fun playing in a college arena next season. You guys are bar- you guys are barely afloat and barely a team. So uh, I mean I understand why all 500 of their their I guess passionate fan bases are all pissed off about that and say that Terry deserves it because he didn't deserve that at all. And like I said, I understand defending yourself. I understand you walk up to someone, be expecting that. I I guess I said I've had incidents like that too. A tournament I had just not long ago. I took a run at someone. I had two of their players come up to me. I handled it my way. I didn't go and overdo it. I didn't go start punching him on the floor. I threw a couple punches just to get them out of my face, and that was it. They didn't really respond. I backed off. It's just, and I was in the heat of the moment too. Like everyone can get that. It's just, I think it was more of him being frustrated with what team he's on. Him being frustrated of not being the the pro he once was. Maybe he's pissed off next season. They're going to be playing in a college arena. I'd be pissed off too. I don't know what happened, but Terry didn't deserve that at all. Terry was going up there and sticking up for his teammate. Okay, I get it. A few face washes, drop your gloves, you punch a couple times, you, you, you see this guy's not responding, his gloves are, aren't coming off, he's not fighting. You drop the guy and you still want to punch him. It's like, dude, what the hell is your problem? And well, it's quiet from the league. There's nothing going on. There's no, no talks about anything. I bet you anything in my, my life, there was McDavid, Austin Matthews, Nathan McKinnon, 
it'd be an instant right there, instant suspension on Beagle, and everyone would be calling for his head. But it's it, it's Troy Terry, barely up and coming superstar for the Ducks. It's not really getting a lot of attention, which, which Anaheim really doesn't get minus Zegris's stuff. That's why it's not really talked about, and that's why no other supplemental discipline was actually uh, enforced in this situation. Yeah, I think that's the thing that is very irritating, is you had the Ducks playing Arizona late night on a Friday. Yeah, both teams aren't going to make the playoffs. Yeah, they're West Coast teams, yada, yada, yada. And nothing came from the Department of Player Safety, which is what Brian Hayward talked about in the game after that. He was saying, it's called Department of Player Safety. And nothing was done. And that's what's frustrating. Uh, the fact that they didn't at least have a hearing and review this is what pisses me off. Uh, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, there's no excessive fighting. But we remember uh, Rafi Torres. He got suspended for half a season for taking a headshot at Silverberg. So you have here Beagle taking punches or headshots at Terry and nothing. Nothing from the league. So the fact that they did zero is embarrassing. It, it, it is for the league. Uh, it's just disgusting. The fact that they didn't at least hold a hearing and review it, they did nothing. Uh, that's what is, it, it just bothers me so much. And to your point about the linesman, Eddie, I, you know, I rewatched this several times. The linesmen are right there. One of them looked like he tried to put his arm in between them and kind of held back. And I get it. The linesmen don't want to get punched or whatever. But when you see another player just getting wailed on, how do you not just grab a hold of the guy throwing the punches and stop that? I did not like that. And I know what happened in a matter of five, six seconds. It was super quick, but the linesman should have intervened in there. Um, I, I didn't like that at all. Um, so that, that that part frustrated me. Yeah, yeah like I like said, too, so many times you go and see them jumping in, preventing two willing combatants to fight, but in an instant a guy is being accosted and just pretty much getting his ass just destroyed. You're just sitting there, just twiddling your thumbs, thinking about which bad call you're not going to call next. Like I, I don't understand what was the mindset of them. I, I, I can't stand the officials. And I'm sorry to say I might sound like a dick, but when they get a puck to the freaking the leg or the chest and they go down like soccer like soccer players, I laugh and find it funny. That's just karma getting back at them because I think they uh, them or I'm sorry, but the league softening up the game and the official the officials and how it's going. I think that's ruining hockey. So when they get hit. It's it's because they, they deserve it. Also, another thing we didn't talk about, Mike, was uh, former Duck Nick Ritchie's uh, his like slaps the face on uh, on Kevin Shattenkirk with a stick. Anyway, he got a game for that. Like, you intentionally put your stick up and hit someone in the face with it. You only get one game. That's just that's that's another questionable thing for me. Well, it's funny because the league reviewed that. And they gave a penalty to Richie for, or excuse me, a suspension to Richie for one game. But they didn't look at the headshot to Carrick before that, right? Carrick got basically mugged at the blue line and nothing on that. And then he was out and then all this crap unfolded with Terry and Beagle. Uh, they went at him. I mean, if you're in the Department of Player Safety and we're so worried about concussions and headshots, what are we doing? So if they can't review the play now, which, you know, like I said, Bieksa and Elliot Freeman kind of talked about this on their separate things. Okay, well, the league's got to make some changes. They got to look at this and, and do something because a, a guy getting a headshot, whether it's punches, uh, a check, whatever it is, and we're trying to protect these guys, we need to protect these guys. If you're not going to outlaw fighting or make it illegal, fine. 
I, I get you. I, I can debate that back and forth. I, I, I get it. If you want to take away fighting and, and get rid of it completely, I get it. But if you're not, then you need to get control of these situations where someone's not a willing participant. Terry was not a willing participant in this fight. Carrick was not either. Uh, he did after the fact, after he got hit, because he had to defend himself. But they need to look at these things and revise this because if some guy is just welling on some guy or flying in the air like WWE, uh, as I call it in the game recap against Carrick, that's a joke, man. I, we don't have time for that crap in hockey. So the league has to figure out something. Either you outlaw fighting completely and get rid of it. I'm not saying I'm a fan of that, but that's, that's one route that we could go uh, being in the NHL or... You need to look at the stuff, and, and when there's headshots, I don't care what the situation is. It could be boarding, it could be a high stick, it could be a push, it could be a punch, whatever. It needs to be reviewed. And I know the Department of Player Safety has a lot of stuff going on. I know they review a, a lot. I know they're up till 2, 3 a.m. Eastern time because they got to watch the West Coast games. I get that. I know they have a difficult job. But here's the thing. Are we protecting players from headshots? I, I think the answer is mixed. I think sometimes we do and sometimes we don't. And we need to protect them 100% of the time, regardless of the situation, Eddie. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think the Ducks' next move in the offseason should be, I don't know, uh, signing Will Smith to a contract. He could slap Beagle around all next season or <laughs> defend these Ducks, these Ducks players. But, yeah, something – obviously – the league is kind of backwards on this and something has to change. You're, you're saying one thing and not doing the other or vice versa. Yeah, I don't want fighting taken out of the game. And if it ever has fully been taken out of the game, that'd be the last time I'm a fan of the, of the National Hockey League. I'd go watch hockey, the KHL or something else, but I wouldn't watch National Hockey League anymore. So I think that would just ruin and destroy the sport and everything the sport worked for to build up its fans and, and everything it is now. Ten years ago, hockey... And its popularity wasn't as good as it is now. And now you're taking out one of the, the best things. And now you're trying to outlaw the, I guess the enforcers are kind of gone. There's no really enforcer. But now you're trying to outlaw and get rid of the, the, the grinding role of it. And just want fully skilled, fast players. It's just not going to work out. And, and this is a prime example of how, like I said, I, I've seen other uh, other fans from different teams defend Terry and say that's bullshit what Beagle did and they call that the, the call for action the need of these grinders and enforcers and this is a 110% reason why they need to still be part of the game if not then this changed the whole game completely like you said Mike take out fighting and just have a whole new brand new different league and, and count me out because I wouldn't be part of it yeah I mean the, the league has to do something that's the bottom line whether you agree or disagree uh, about fighting uh, obviously, Eddie and I think it should still be part of the game. Solani thinks it still should be part of the game. But e even if you take it out, okay, fine. Uh, all right, then then go for it. I, I mean, do something. That's the thing. The league hasn't done anything uh, with this incident. And, you know, Terry missed a game. I mean, he's back. He looks a lot better. Thank God. Uh, you know, it wasn't as bad as what it was. He didn't have any uh, broken bones or whatnot. But... Something has to change, um, you know, period. You know, to the degree of how it has to change, we can all debate that. We can say, hey, no fighting or they got to review the fights or, or to me, it's headshots. That's my big thing. 
football, hockey are very, very similar in the fact of concussions, head trauma, TBI, those kind of things. If we're trying to protect these players in this sport, then anything that involves headshots should be reviewed in my opinion, period. Uh, I don't care what the circumstance is. So that's where I'm at, Eddie. I, I don't know if you have any other final thoughts uh, before we kind of move on, but th- that's where I'm at I, with this. I really wish that the Ducks were able to play Arizona one more time and we can bring up players that I just want to go and scrap because Arizona and their players, what they did, and including the Beagle incident, they deserve to be uh, to answer for it. Uh, either the players involved are going to answer for it or, you know what, you're up-and-coming stars, you're young players – you know, it's unfortunate, but hey, I'm, I'm all for eye for an eye. Payback. Payback's going to be a bitch in karma. So I hope the next time these teams face each other next season that it's just going to be, you know, they have to answer the call. Like, there, there's no way. If Beagle's still on, on Arizona, he's going to have to answer the call. If he's not willing to do it, then so be it. Then go after one of the other guys. I know that sounds really bad, but it's just an incident like this and having Terry get his ass pummeled. And assault it like he did is unacceptable. We all remember the incident with Hathaway when he uh, spat on uh, Branson. Look what happened after that. It was a big thing. Each guy got back in the next game. They both dropped the gloves. They scrapped. And it was done. We don't talk about it really anymore. It's not like, oh, it's still lingering. No. They took it. Something that happened on the ice. Hathaway, you know, I'm pretty sure he'd regret doing that because you're an idiot. Uh, even though he talked about spit just accidentally came out of his mouth. He went on the ice, answered the call. They both dropped you know, dropped the gloves. They fought, and what was done is done. It's just they play against each other again. It's not going to be just, oh, remember this? No, they they had the, their issues. They're men. You, you men go out there like boys will be boys. You go and fight, and then you're okay. It just, you know, you win or lose, at least you had the balls enough to drop, drop the gloves and fight one another, so... I don't know, I'm looking forward to seeing how the Ducks respond to Arizona come next season because it's not going to be forgotten at all. Well, another interesting thing, too, is Minnesota plays Arizona. D'Lo is on Minnesota. I know you hate Minnesota, but D'Lo's on there. I, I kind of wonder what's going to happen if D'Lo's going to do anything. Maybe, maybe he won't, but I, I kind of want to tune in and watch that game, Eddie, because... If D'Lo lays the smackdown on Arizona, oh my god, dude! I think I'm gonna lose my mind. Or if he goes after, if he goes after Vigo, that's gonna be a, a good. You know, I'm pretty sure he he has, he has he's close with these with these Ducks players. So seeing a, a former teammate and I'm pretty sure a friend getting getting that what he didn't deserve, it's it's gonna just cross his mind. Um, right, so it's gonna be interesting to see. I hope he goes. I hope they drop the gloves in Vigo, and if they do, part of it's gonna be because of Anaheim, and that'll be great to see and. Hopefully that be foreshadowing for Deloria to come back to Anaheim. Yeah, you know, I want to talk about that too. Uh, I'll hold it till a little bit later in the show. We're going to kind of catch up on the trade deadline stuff. We did that live show uh, and there's a little bit of stuff on there. So I'll, I'll hold off my comments on that. We'll get to that a little bit later in the show. I did want to tell you that we are part of the Old City Sports Network. And uh, we have some sponsors as well. We have Body Check Wellness, check C-H-E-K. Use the uh, discount code OCS, all capital letters, for a discount. So check in on that. We're happy to be part of them. Uh, like we said, we, we did a live show. We're trying to do more of that, especially next season. But for this one, we uh, obviously with Tamu in the interview, we, we're just kind of doing um, the audio this time around. But uh Let's uh, talk about Getzloff. That was the other news that came up this week. Uh, he announced his retirement. If you listen to 
the press conference. Oh my God, dude. Uh, cut the onions. Start crying. Holy shit. Um, wow, man. Uh, I mean, that was just amazing to see him. And then also Corey Perry, too, talking about it. Oh my God, dude. I, I was crying a lot this week, Eddie. What, what, did, what did you think about Getzloff's announcement and then Perry? I mean... I don't know. I just get really emotional, you know, about that stuff. And uh, I wish, honestly, I wish that they could have played together one more time, whether it was Perry coming back to Anaheim and, and the Ducks uh, fighting it out or whatever, or Getzloff going to Perry, I, I, you know, however it would have worked. I, I just, uh, it's been an emotional week being a Ducks fan. Eddie. Yeah, you know what? It was just, that was that was kind of rough to watch, just hearing him, like, from the, the moment he opened his mouth to thank his family, him cracking up his voice, it was just really emotional to hear a player that, that I've I've watched from day one, uh, a, a player that helped our team win the Stanley Cup for the first time, and, and actually Southern California's history. Uh, it, it was just wow. I, I thought I could have sworn or I could have put money on that him having one more year or doing what Niedermeyer and Shlani did, taking half the season off, and then coming back. You know, you know, come January or something like that, but. I guess uh, these these people these players know when the right time is to go, and they know. Like I said, every every person has one last game in them, and I think Getzoff knew that his last game was coming up, and it's going to come up pretty soon, in the next few weeks. Um, I just I, I can't thank him enough for everything he's done for this organization, uh, all the blood, sweat, tears that he has provided for us, all the engagements with all the fans, um, being a, a great leader on and off the ice. Thank his family for always supporting him. I, I, I can't imagine how easy it is to be a pro hockey player or any at pro athlete's wife, especially with this this rigorous schedule they have, always being on the road. So I'm, I'm pretty sure it takes a lot um, from his wife to maintain the family stuff at home, and uh, as well as all the other wives and spouses that they have out there. Um, it's, yeah, man, I, I don't, it, it came to a shock to me. It was just, it was, everything was just, wow, I, I couldn't believe it. But um, I did like to, um, Seeing seeing the Kings right away uh, post something when the Ducks posted his retirement, thanking Getzloff and wishing him all the best. I wouldn't be surprised if Getzloff the last game at a staple or a crypto arena now that the Kings do a special ceremony like they did for Solani. I, I just wow, uh, what a run he's he's has uh, he's done. He's stood is prideful and committed to playing on one team, and he did that. He got his he's Mr. Duck. Number 15 is going to be hung in the rafters. That's that's not a question. It's not a doubt. That's going to happen soon. Um, I hope he comes back and still has a role with the organization, which it seems like the conversations you had with Slani, that he, that's something that he's open to, and it's going to happen. Um, whoa, I just, like you said, like cutting onions. Unfortunately, I shouldn't have listened to the damn interview when I was at work because that didn't really help anything. I'm crying because I have to be at work now. I'm crying because I'm listening to Getzloff. Uh, and then hearing Perry's uh, Perry's comment too. Yeah, Mike, I, I really wish these two players, these best friends, uh, could have played that one last game together. Um, but but you know what? It, it is what it is. This is a game. This is a business. You know, so things happen. And I also was thinking about too, um, like the friendships that Getzloff and Perry had. I'm just I'm grateful, and I'm gonna always 100% say this. I'm grateful for for you, your friendship, Mike. I'm grateful for all the friends I've met on Twitter um on facebook and met through ducks and pucks met through hockey like i wouldn't have had this close bonds and friendships even with people i've never even met on twitter it's just it's so just i, I it's it's amazing and i i can't be thankful enough that i have lots of friends everywhere that people that really care uh, i posted a link to uh, my girlfriend's daughter having a fundraiser for a school for some heart 
thing and posted on Twitter. I had a few people, even people I've never met, go and donate that because they're just that friendship and bond I have, and that's all because of hockey. And it's just hearing Getzloff friendship with Perry and vice versa that just brought up those feelings of all the friendships that I had too. So it's just like, man, it's it's just great to see. I wish Getzloff nothing but the best, and uh, I hope he uh, he has a, the best after hockey experience he can have. Yeah, I mean, like you said, uh, yeah, I look at uh, Perry and Getzloff and it's it's like you said, uh, them being together, being teammates and all the things that they have done together. Um, it's amazing. And you're right. All the stuff, all the stuff that uh, with everybody that we met through all the social media, Twitter, Facebook. I mean, even Tamu. I mean, I I one time happened to meet him and just talk to him and ask him about coming on the show. And I, I did have a couple of drinks. I'm not going to lie. Cause I was nervous and <laughs> he decided to come on the show and, um, it's been great. I've gone to some of the Getzloff, uh, golf tournaments that he does for the cure Duchesne, which is huge. Getzloff is really, really big on the community. Been very, very fortunate these last, what it's eight or nine years now. Of all the stuff, I mean, you and I met too through doing this. Uh, just something that I decided to come up with and work out. So it's huge to think about that. And yeah, with Getzloff, the impact that he's done on this team, being the team captain for so many years, the things that he does on and off the ice, they talk about his leadership role and, and how he cares about everybody. You, you saw that thing in Elliot Freeman's article about how uh, he would check on players on intermission if they got hurt. You had Ali Lozoff talking about her situation with her family and how Getzloff, when he was on the road, went and, and visited her family with the situation they had. I, I mean, there's just so many good things about Getzloff. I'm just bummed. I really, I really wanted him to go at least another season. I was hoping for that. I thought maybe he could try and get a cup even with another team. I wouldn't have been upset with that. Um, loyalty is a big issue with him. It's huge that he was with the Ducks from the beginning to the end. We don't see that as much anymore. We don't see players sticking it out with one team. As you mentioned, Eddie, it's a business. That's why I, I don't get upset at that. But at the same time, I got mad respect for Getzloff being on the Ducks the whole time and sticking it out. Um, you know, I, I like I said, you know, one more season would have been fantastic. But uh uh, I'm really excited, and I'm really curious to see what he's going to do oh, next. Oh, yeah, day. same here. Um, it's it's going to be with the Ducks. Maybe take some time off for himself to spend with his family uh, and, and have that route. Or who knows, maybe he just wants to jump right right back into it and just have like a normal, kind of a normal schedule and, and be part of the organization and help the Ducks still um, and, and kind of just mold the team and, and help them doing whatever. So it's going to be like, really interesting to see what he does. But he, he's still going to be a duck. He's still going to be part of the organization. So that's going to be fun to see. I did want to talk about, and I want to ask you before, because I'm throwing this this question just like on the spot. So I have, I'll have answer it first, but then I'll give you time to think about it, Mike. But uh, Brewski on Instagram asked us our favorite gets off memory. I think my favorite one would be when I first, actually the second time meeting him, we were at the Westminster Ice thing for uh, the holiday skate. They had a little toy drive. And just meeting him, he was just really cool. It, it was it was really cool because the picture I took with them and the, the, the when I was there, they actually posted it on uh, the Anaheim Ice when it was called Anaheim Ice, the, uh, their website and stuff like that. So that was pretty awesome. But it was just 
the experience and me just kind of chatting with him for a little bit about hockey and just him just not treating me just like a fan, but just treating me just like a person of interest of, of, of the same sport that he likes. I'm talking about hockey. I'm talking about Southern California hockey, not just Ducks hockey. It was just pleasant just having a nice conversation uh, about hockey. With me, it's I love hockey. I live and breathe this. I know a bunch of useless facts about a bunch of different teams, not just the Ducks. So being able to talk to someone that shares that same experience, that can talk about other teams too, it, it was just fun. He gave me an autograph. He let me take a picture with them and – I'm actually looking at that Anaheim Ducks hat signed by Getzloff as we speak right now. So that's what made me think about like one of my favorite memories uh, from him. Yeah, mine's a little different because uh, it had nothing to do with anything with him playing or anything like that. I, It's kind of funny. So as some of you might know, I, I have a good buddy. His name is Eric Miles. He um, runs this entertainment company, and we go to the uh, Getzloff shootout. We've done that for a couple of years where they'd raise money for Kier Duchenne and whatnot. And one year, it was a couple of years ago, we were on the 18th hole where we where we like co-sponsor it and whatnot. And Eric has this funny thing where he has a thing called Monster Golf, where he has these really huge like golf balls, like 100 times the size of that, and you shoot them into this net. And, and the guys come around and they do that before they tee off. So one year... And I actually have video of this. Getzloff decides to use that for his 18th hole. The big ass monster golf balls. It's hilarious. So he he tees off with it. And Eric and I are like laughing. We're like, okay, it's funny. We think he's going to go hit the regular golf. No, he uses the big golf ball, the monster golf ball, the entire 18th hole. He even hits it in the water and chips it out of the water. I mean, it was just... The funniest thing ever. We couldn't believe it that he actually took that big ass golf ball and and played the entire 18th hole with it. I I was just laughing my ass off. I was like, oh my god, this is crazy. But um, yeah, for me that it's just something outside of of hockey and all. It was just just something separate uh, about it and uh, just cracked me up. I mean, on the ice, of course, winning the Stanley Cup in 2007 was huge. That was a big thing, uh, you know, obviously. But um, we're going to have another moment, too, because Eddie and I are going to be at that final game, um, you know, in Anaheim That on the 24th. That's going to be his final game-like period. That's what the Ducks said. So one more moment left for us, Eddie. Yeah, so that's going to be fun to see, uh, be there. I'm going to try to hold my emotions because it's like, man, I remember when uh, watching Solani's final game. It was that, that playoff, the exit playoff round against the freaking Kings. That was really uh, hard to see. And I got really emotional that day. Obviously, alcohol played a factor into that. But a player that I grew up, I just idolizing a player that I've met on numerous occasions that just just was always just nothing but perfect. I don't think anyone in the world can actually dislike Solani at all. So it's going to be just – it's going to be different come next season not seeing Getzloff on the ice for the Ducks, not seeing him wearing that C for the Ducks. Um Whoever takes that captain job next has huge skates to, to, to fill because it's not going to be an easy task to to try to do what Getzoff has done. And I hope they don't try to be like Getzoff, but try to be their own person, but take parts of what Getzoff, uh leadership ability is and kind of mold from there. Yeah, we had a lot of fan questions uh, about the captain, you know, after Getzoff. We had Adam T-Town. 
Big fan favorite. Thank you for all the questions. He asked who will be the next captain. We had D5 Freak. Same thing. Ask about it. DKMIM988. Uh, you know, same thing. Who's going to be the captain of Getzloff and uh, Nick Beckham123. Uh, it's tough, man. I mean, I think there's some things that the Ducks are going to do in the offseason. But but what do you think, Eddie? I, I think Fowler and Henrique are kind of up there. Uh, is there anybody else that you think that would take over the team as the captain? Oh, that, that that's a really hard question. That's that's a question that I've been thinking about since I've seen people post it. It's not an easy response. You, you can't. I know some people think it's Terry Zegris. I am not a fan of of kind of just throwing the the captaincy to the younger players. I'm also not a fan of teams just naming, uh, not naming a captain and having uh, three alternates. I think you should have a, a leader sustain in that role and, and, and kind of just help like, be that, that leader for the for the Ducks. I think it'd be uh, Cam Fowler would be a, a good addition to that. He's been, you know, he's, he's he lived and kind of was kind of helped out by Scott Niedermeyer. And that was another great captain of the Devils and the Ducks. So I think that would be a good choice. If not, like you said, Henrik would I think would be a, a, a good choice to be a leader. He knows how to overcome adversity. We saw him get waived. Uh, a player getting waived, pretty much a team's telling you they don't really care if someone takes you for free. So I think he'd be another one. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I think I, I like I like Terry's game. I like where he's going. But I like his his trajectory is going up, and he's becoming that superstar. I wouldn't want that added responsibility on him and being the captain to kind of just take away from his development. Um, Zegris, the same thing. Uh, I know Zegris is the future of this team. He's the future captain. He's so electric. Uh, I just I don't feel that it's right for teams to just give it the, uh, the captaincy to a player that that just is just their future superstar franchise player. I know that the Colorado Avalanche did it, and they're one of those outlier teams that did it with Gabriel Landeskog. I didn't like that either, but he's become a really great leader for their their organization. But if I had my pick, I'd either go with uh, Fowler, I'd go with Henrique, or I know this is kind of out of the ordinary and it didn't work before when Vancouver did it. But I'd I'd name either John Gibson captain too. I know he's uh, he's been on the team for long. I'm sure he has a voice on that team. He sees the game differently as being a goalie. Yeah, I'm not saying go and put a C in his jersey or on his helmet like Luongo did, but. I think that'd be another um, another candidate. I know it's not tradition. It's not. It's kind of out there, but it's just I can't see another leader like like those three uh, being for the Ducks. And like I said, it's gonna be take huge, huge uh, shoes to fill. Uh, what Getzloff has done. Yeah, I think that's one thing we can agree on. Whether you, you like Henrique or Fowler, or like you said, maybe Gibson. Huge, huge. Skates to fill uh, with Ryan Getzloff uh, for sure. I, I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be crazy. I you know, I think uh, some of the uh, other couple of memories I just want to touch on before we we get into some other things was the comeback on Catella when he started getting that going. Um, we we had some of the uh, the responses on Facebook about that. Some people talked about how they just like watching him play. Um, I had uh, Trevor Betts here talk about Thornton and Gessloff fighting in the 2009 playoff series. That was pretty epic. Uh, also seeing his 1,000th point, you know, Eddie and I, you know, we saw that against Washington earlier this season. That was that was a pretty cool moment, Eddie. Oh, yeah. That was, it seems like the, the like the last few games I went with you, there was always a significant moment. So that, that was actually pretty cool. And that's something that I will never 
ever forget is seeing that that thousand point. So that's that's always burnt to my memory. Mike, thank you again for that. I probably wouldn't have been there if it weren't for you. Yeah, that that one was a big one. We saw Ryan Miller's last game, right at, at the end of the season. That was huge. You and I will be together for Getzloff's last game. Uh, like you said, a, a lot of good memories. Um, I, I, like I said, I, I really hope that he would go one more time uh, next season, whether it was at the Ducks or not. But I mean, he's got to do what he's got to do. So I, I you know, it, it's going to be awesome. And like you said, we'll see fifteen up in the Raptors for sure. So. Uh, been a crazy week or so with the Ducks. Um, we're going to go a little bit more in, uh, into the trade deadline. We we did a live show if you missed that. Uh, I know you guys like that. We're going to try and do more of that next season. Uh, so I'll tell you that this section will be sponsored by Z-Stack. Check it out. Z-Stack for life. Uh, put in my name, uh, M-I-K-E, and you'll get a discount, uh, Mike, uh, there. So we, we did, on our last show, we went live. We talked about the trade deadline just kind of recap a little bit what's going on there and then we've got tons of fan questions from you guys which we'll go into as well um we had manson going to colorado uh lindholm and kieran going to boston raquel to pittsburgh and delo to minnesota and then we'll kind of update you know you already know about the dandenoff trade that did not happen but what did you think uh, you know there's a big concern now eddie okay so gets retiring that's another spot in the lineup to fill. And then you've had all these trades that happened during the trade deadline. Um, what do you think about the team and the direction where they're going to go? I, I mean, I, I like the trade, day, uh, excuse me, the trade deadline, except for the Delo trade. We talked about that. But um, what do you think about the team and where they're going uh, come the summertime? Um, I think they're just going to uh, rock with the rebuild. They're going to take one more season to – Kind of give these 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 younger players some more experience and uh, playing wise. Bring up some other younger players that can possibly fill in some different roles and gaps for the Ducks and see what else they have and give them the experience. I, like I said, I always said, saw, I told uh, everyone that I saw this team being able to compete again in a couple years. So after next season, that'll be that second year, and that, that following third season will we'll be like ready. Uh, you know, let, let's go, let's rock and roll, let's let's go with this team. Um, it, you know what, Mike? It was fun too. And so the people that haven't seen it yet, we did a, a actual live show when uh, on video. So you're gonna see both of us. I I, I checked out the video. I looked all tired. I'm like, uh, it looks like I'm zoning out, but I'm like over here like reading different things. But that's something that was really fun. I suggest fans go and check that out uh, on the YouTube page. Go uh, check it out. We had the links posted on on Ducks and Pucks everywhere. You can check out our live show, giving pretty much. Uh, our analysis on trade deadline day uh, as, as it's going on. Um, I like all the trades. I, I mean, I, I don't like the Delo one, but a third round pick for Deloria is pretty good. It sucks he went to Minnesota, but uh, hopefully he comes back. But yeah, we still got assets, and our GM did exactly what he was going to say. He didn't He didn't blow smoke up our ass. He didn't just show us a magic trick. He, he didn't act like one of those politicians and promise one thing and not deliver. He said he, he did what he was going to do. And he got us some hell of a returns on, on a lot of players. The Mats in the Colorado, we got a, a defensive prospect that a lot of the Colorado fans did not want to lose. But there's so many good defenders on Colorado right now. It's just he was going to fall down that depth chart. wasn't going to get that opportunity he would have gotten elsewhere. And also getting a second round pick, you can't go wrong. The Lindholm thing was a huge, huge return, a huge pick. Um, or actually a huge return for that. I'm glad we uh, ended up getting it. 
I, I was surprised though. Like we, we mentioned before on shows that his agent said he wanted to test free agency out, uh, uh, free agency out and see what what's that about within what an hour or so after being traded to Boston, he signs that eight year, $6.5 million contract. I believe it was So that that was kind of, uh, that was kind of interesting to see. I think it was a, a good contract. The term's a little long, but I think something the ducks could have done, but I think they really want to just make this team something different and they want to just go and do something else with this team. Um, the Raquel trade was a, a good one. We got a, a lot for him. So I, other than that, um, we had that Vegas one we'll talk about right now, but I think the Ducks, I think they hit it out of the park with this trade deadline. This is one of the best trade deadlines the Ducks had in a very long time. We got assets, we got returns for players that you, you can't gamble on them returning or not. Because if we lost all these players, especially Lindholm and didn't get anything in return, that's a move that should get you fired. I don't care if you just started as a GM, but I'm glad that he came up there. He did what he was going to do. He's committed to this rebuild. And like I said before, this team was going to hit reality and they were going to play. You couldn't sustain what they did in the first half of the game. So it's like fans that are mad saying the Ducks are just trash. Now, no, it's just that was all part of the plan. It wasn't part of their plan. They're not intentionally tanking, but it's just this schedule is big. This schedule is 82 games. This team couldn't hold that, not with the roster they had. As, as time goes on, the playoffs starts happening. These teams, other teams get desperate. They start grinding it out more. And it just showed the Ducks, you know, the flaws they have and what things they need to work on overall. But still, I'm still happy with what how the team's moving forward and what the progress they made. And I'm extremely happy with the trade deadline. I think the Ducks got an A-plus in my book for this deadline. Verbeek, if you're looking at what he did, he really uh, uploaded this team like you talked about. I mean, you got all kinds of picks. You had Drew Hellison. Um, they're talking about it could be a future Manson. You got a second round pick there. Lenholm, you got a second and a, uh, excuse me, a first and a couple seconds. Uh, you got Bakkenin, uh John Moore in there, which they took on that contract. Uh, Raquel to Pittsburgh was crazy because we heard that it was going to come down the last minute, which it did. But then they got more than what we thought. They thought about a player and a pick. They ended up getting a couple uh, forwards, a, a goalie who could be a future star, and a pick as well. Uh, so a lot of good things. I, I, I was really happy with the trade deadline. We were so used to the past, not finding out stuff to the last minute or little wino trades from Bob Murray. And, and whatnot. So I like that. They did have the one trade. We weren't sure when we did the last, po- uh, last podcast if Dandenoff was going to work out. It was Dandenoff and a conditional pick for John Moore, who the Ducks got in that earlier uh, trade, and then for Kessler's contract, which we heard about. It did not work out. So the way it, it all broke down, it took some time, uh, obviously a few days to figure this out. But Dandenoff was traded from Ottawa to Vegas. And he had a no-trade clause in there, which the Ducks were one of the teams he did not want to go to. I don't know exactly all that happened, but somehow there was some miscommunication. It didn't get relayed to Vegas. And when Vegas tried to do that trade to Anaheim, that's why it went through. Something happened with the Central Registry, too. I don't know how they all missed it or whatever. But it sounds like everybody's blaming Ottawa, which, which is kind of funny. But um, it did not work out. I, I actually would have been happy with the trade. Danoff wasn't doing that bad. Yes, his contract was kind of big, but he might have helped out. Uh, Verbeek was talking about getting another player as a top six role to help out the young guys. So I'm curious what he's going to do in the summer for that. But um, very funny, uh, odd situation. We even posted something on Instagram 
saying welcome back Kessler making a joke and he actually replied saying you know welcome to be back which was very very funny but very weird situation where the trade uh, trade deadline didn't end for a couple of days Eddie but it finally got resolved I think the resolution was the right one if he had a no trade clause at Ottawa and it does now carry over when you're traded to another team then that's what should have happened but there was some kind of miscommunication between Ottawa and Vegas yeah, see, I don't understand that and what happened. Um, I, I, you guys are professional hockey teams. I, I think there was some kind of, yes, miscommunication, but I think Vegas tried to throw a gamble and pull a fast one. And it's just it's my strict opinion that they like, they try to gamble, make that trade knowing they hit the trade, uh, hit the, the, the little the movement clause or whatever, figured that he would probably uh, wave it or assume to go to Anaheim. Uh, I didn't happen. I think the Ducks should have some compensation from Vegas due to that. RGM wasted his time and effort making a trade happen that just got reversed. Uh, he could have made a trade with a different team and and kind of got that assets back. Uh, and There's something else for it, but instead he wasted the time with Vegas and it just didn't come out how it's supposed to be. So I think something should have been done about that. Um, I understand Dan involves him not wanting to go to any California team. I wouldn't want to be in California either if I were a professional hockey player. <laughs> but, yeah, it's unfortunate because the Ducks could have got another uh, more assets for the return. Uh, I'm glad uh, Kessler isn't going to Vegas and he's staying with us. It's been a long road for him. Uh, I know he had that 30 minutes or whatever. He was in Vegas. He was hoping for that big warm welcome. He didn't get it. But it was funny, though. He did respond that he was just being a joker that he is. Um, yeah, it's one of those things I, I'm still irritated with that the Ducks – Waste their time making that trade when nothing really happened when we could have done something else. Yeah, it is frustrating because it ended up being nothing. It could have been something else that the Ducks could have done. But overall, I'm, I'm still happy with the trade deadline. I think Verbeek did miles ahead of what uh, you know Bob Murray would have done. So it all did work out. But I, I'm with you. It's kind of frustrating to make that trade and not get an answer for a couple of days and then find out it didn't work out. So... But overall, that you know, I, I like what the Ducks are doing. It kind of leads us to some of these fan questions too that people are asking about. You know, with the Ducks next season, um, with the lineup, uh, a lot of a lot of you guys are concerned about the lineup. What's going to happen next season? Uh, we had T O M O underscore W B talks about how the lineup's been changed this season. What will be next season? Uh, we have Angel underscore Intruder asks about. If you had a chance to make up the Ducks lineup, what would you put together? I, I really think the biggest thing going forward next season, Eddie, is what is going to be the top line for the Ducks. And the top line should be Terry, Milano, and Zegers, period. I don't think that should be a debate. Those guys should be together. Stop throwing Grant in there. Grant's a bottom six dude. Fine. Put those guys together. Then work on your second line. Maybe your second line is something like Henrique. Uh, Silverberg, which you, you know he has a blood clot, is kind of dealing with that. Hopefully he comes back and he's fine if he is. Maybe you put him on the second line with Comtois. Uh, mix it up there. That's kind of what I'm looking at. But you, you got to start with the top six, Eddie, and figure it out. But for sure, Terry, Milano, Zegers. Like, stop separating them. Yeah, see, the, now my thing is, how is Terry going to respond with Getzloff not being in the lineup? Because I know they had that good chemistry come this season. Like Milano and Zegers have that one-two chemistry. I, I don't know. I, I'm more inclined to put Comtois on that top line with Milano and Zegers because he brings that physical edge, that nastiness. 
you have a player like Jay Beagle going up there and cross-checking Zegris, you have to answer to Comtois. Well, he's not going to go over there and keep his gloves on. He's going to scrap with you back. So I, I, I kind of prefer to see that. And as far as with Terry, maybe Henrique, Terry Silverberg, try that line. Um, yeah, Terry, Milano, and Zegris seems like a phenomenal line. Uh, it worked for uh, for Colorado having Ranton and Landis Cog and McKinnon. But I don't know. I want to see a little bit more... I guess a little bit more grit to that top line. Uh, you know how Zegers plays. He's really fancy. And, you know, a lot of players maybe have the mentality that Tyson Nash, the broadcaster for Arizona, has has that might take liberties at that. Um, so I, I do want to see a little bit of physical or more physicalness from that top line. And Comtois isn't a player that's just there to be a bottom six grinder role. He has some skill. He has that that, that hockey sense, and he can provide offense too. So... Having him in there that can possibly provide something would be cool. All right. I agree with you 100%. Yeah, the Ducks need to do something with the lineup. They need to have uh, some kind of grit in there. And that leads us to the question we had from uh, Tyler6710. Will there be any sandpaper added to the offseason? I don't know if they will add something or not. Solani talked about that in the interview earlier in the show. There is some talk of Manson and Delo maybe coming back in the offseason. But... Uh, what do you think, uh, Eddie? I, I mean, I think the Ducks do need to add some sandpaper in the offseason for sure. You have to. Any uh, any team that wants to compete in National Hockey League, you have to have that grit in your lineup. If not, then then what are you doing? And yes, this game is about speed. It's about skill. But you need those players to go out there and police the ice. If not, you're going to have the Terry incident happen over and over again. It's going to get to the point where it's like, if I'm a, a star like Terry, I'm not going to want to get my my ass handed to me without, without having my team protect me. It's going to get frustrating. It's going to get annoying. His game's going to be affected by it. It might. Uh, you have to add it. It, it, it. I'm sure our GM's aware of that. He saw the game would happen. He could bring back one of these guys that would help, if not bring in one of these guys back and bring in another sandpaper guy. But we definitely need that, and I hope that's one of the, the top things on our GMs list, especially next season. doesn't seem like the Ducks are going to be that Stanley Cup team next season either. So let's just work on keep uh, building this team up, keep improving from the season before, which we made a huge 180 jump from the, the season prior. So I really hope they go out and add someone. Uh, too bad we can't have a player like Tom Wilson. I know a lot of people hate him, but he brings that – that dirty physicalness, but he has a lot of skill to add to it too. Um, hopefully we can pull someone like that. But yeah, I definitely think um, someone with that grit will be added in the offseason. They have to. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. If the league's not going to outlaw fighting and and regulate it, I, I don't know if they are or not. But I mean, like Solani said, they got to do something to protect their star players. So I'm with you. We're going to finish up the show with uh, basically the NHL news uh, around the league or league news. Um, just a reminder, check out norsebeards.com uh, for all your grooming needs. Use the discount code OCS, all capital letters, for a discount. So check them out, uh, one of our sponsors as well. So with the league news, uh, a little bit of stuff going on. Um, the salary cap is going up $1 million. Uh, next year, Eddie. I, I mean, not a big deal for the Ducks. They they have a lot of open sap cow, uh, sal, uh, salary cap for next season, but uh, that's good. I mean, um, they'll be able to add some more players and whatnot, uh, as well as the Ducks. You know, I think they're going to be very very busy in the summer. I think there's a lot that's going to happen. 
they've got so many draft picks. One thing to watch is to see what kind of trades that Verbeek will do having all those extra picks. I, I, I don't know. I just have a sneaky suspicion, Eddie, that something's going to happen in the offseason with more trades. Yeah, and then with the cap only going up $1 million, you have other teams that are right on the cap, other teams that have people on IR that aren't going to be able to have the roster they have. Come next season, you have Vegas that, that their roster's going to ex- their cap is going to exceed what's going to come next season. Um, the Ducks will be in that position where they can eat up a contract and get more draft picks and they can build from there. Uh, so it's going to be all in the advantage of the Ducks. We don't have Kessler on the books anymore next season either. So that's going to be off, and I'm pretty sure after that he'll officially announce his retirement. But, yeah, I guess it works out beneficial for the Ducks that they have all that extra cap space so they can eat up a contract from a different team and get some assets in return. Yeah, exactly, and they may they may do that. I mean, they tried to do that with Kessler's contract, but like you said, it's off the books uh, at the end of the season. But who knows? They may have something in the works there as well. So I'm really curious to see how the Ducks do in the summer. Uh, we had a couple other things going on. We had a San Jose. Uh, Doug Wilson stepped down as the GM at the end of the season after 19 years. Kind of, kind of a sad, I guess. Eddie, I mean, he had to leave of absence because of a medical condition. Yeah, it's like I said. It, it, it's always unfortunate to see a player, to see a GM, to see any any hockey individual or, or anyone have to stop doing what they love because of a medical condition. Just wish him and his family all the best. We also had, we talked about, you know, the league stepping in and things that they could do. You had uh, Toronto and Tampa Bay going at it. You had uh, Maroon and Simmons recently got 10-minute game misconducts for chirping. So, I mean, (laughs) I I don't know. This league cracks me up. You know, you have uh, Beagle that punches out Terry, nothing happens. But if you use, you know, foul language or chirp or whatever, you get 10-minute game misconducts, Eddie. Yeah, I guess this is just going out what the world's coming to. Uh, it used to be sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But apparently, in today's society, words hurt more than sticks and stones. And this is a prime example of how watered down and, I guess, pussified the league is becoming to give two players 10-minute misconducts for chirping each other. Uh, it's just, that's insane. You, you can't go back and forth and talk crap to each other. Even, like, Maroon was talking about how it's... It's ridiculous and how you should just go watch 1980s hockey. and It's just, it's sad where the game's coming from. If, if I were a brand new fan coming into the hockey and I seen something like, oh, these players got 10 minute misconduct for, for talking crap. It's like, what is this new like, NBA league over here where you've, you've, you breathe wrong on someone, they just throw you a technical and have, they fine you for it. It's just so dumb that the way this league is trending down and those referees and I don't know who the ones that caught that but you guys are freaking pussies and you're a piece of shit like if you're that that really hurt over words and you're in the wrong business you're in the wrong sport go I don't know the softest I don't know what the softest sport in the league are so you know the softest thing in the league is cotton they should just go lay on a room of cotton and just just be there by themselves because that was the most stupid and disgusting thing I've seen the, the National Hockey League do is give guys 10 minutes misconduct for chirping I, I don't care what was said it's two guys going at it chirping each other two guys that are willing to drop the gloves and go at it with each other that have no they're not shy from doing that at all those two people maroon and, and wayne simmons are pretty much the top grinders and top kind of scrappers and you know ever in hockey especially wayne simmons has been around for a while everyone remembers him from the kings 
Um, it's just so dumb how the, this this league is doing that, and just seeing that ten minute misconduct for that, it's so stupid. Yeah, you can't uh, talk trash to each other, but you can punch the you know lights out of somebody. I, <laughs> I, well, look at Evander Kane. You can apparently abuse your wife, and nothing happens to you. But hey, what, what do I know? Yeah, I know. I know that that's the thing. I I love hockey. I love the NHL. But man, the league's got some work that that needs to be addressed for sure, Eddie. One hundred percent. A couple other things around the league. You had Marion Hosa. He signed a one day contract with the Blackhawks, another team that needs to kind of police themselves. But uh, anyways, he will retire uh, as number eighty one with the team, Eddie. Yeah, that was good for him. He had a huge career, three-time cup winner, uh, th- uh, 1,309 games played, 1,134 points. Um, it- it's cool. I like to see teams do this. Uh, a player that was significant to their organization, they go out there and give them that, that respect for them to retire as as you know their team that they were. I really hope the Ducks would do this for Perry, that he comes back, even though the buyout maybe left a bad taste in his mouth. So I hope that just he'll come back, sign a one-day contract with the Ducks, and end up retiring as a Duck because that's where he belongs. This is his home, and he's done a lot for our organization. Like I said, he helped uh, win a cup with our organization with, with Getzloff. And Getzloff, his buddy, his best friend, his brother, so both of them retiring as Ducks it would be really, really cool to see, and I hope that happens. Yeah, I thought about that too. I, you know, it'd be awesome for that to happen. So I hope it does. If it doesn't, then you know, it, it is what it is. But yeah, I'm with you. That that would be pretty cool for that to uh, happen. Lastly, we had the Flyers. This is kind of weird. Keith Yandel, 989 game Ironman streak comes to an end because he's scratched. I don't understand that. I know he's been dealing with some ailments, but why not let him play the last 11 games and get to a thousand, Eddie? Yeah, he wasn't feeling well, I guess, the, the the night before, so they talked about scratching him. But then they also mentioned they wanted to scratch him to give other younger players an opportunity to get into the lineup. It's like, wow, uh, Coach Mike Yo, uh, former Minnesota coach, so I definitely don't like him either. It's just, why would you do that to a player that's that's had this 989-game Ironman streak? Let him get his thousands game at least. Just it's so stupid. It's just the dumbest thing you can actually think of. I can't believe a coach would do that. Uh, I think he probably lost respect in that locker room for doing that to a player like that. Despite how he hasn't been playing his up to form, it's just a, a, a streak like that. It's not easy to come by. It's it's not every day where a player can just show up to the rink each and every day. Uh, I we have to respect Arizona, even though all the crap that happened between the Ducks, because they made an effort to bring Phil Kessel in. And to have him skate a shift, and then they sent a private jet to send him away till he could be there with his wife for the birth of his first child, and so he can keep his Ironman streak alive. I respect that organization, the coaching staff, for doing that over there. It's just the Flyers is a bad look to end some guy's Ironman streak because you want to get uh, some younger players in the lineup, which doesn't even matter anyways because you're, you're not going to make the playoffs. You're not going to do anything significant. So what was the... Like what was the harm in letting him just continue his Iron Master? Like you said, Mike, eleven games is, is just, like like why not? It's just eleven damn games. Yeah, just let him finish it out. I mean, I I, I don't know. It's common sense, but <laughs> I don't know. Common sense doesn't seem to exist anymore sometimes today. So, all right. I mean, we had a lot that we covered on this show. We went over uh, the whole thing with Terry and Beagle. 
We had uh, Ryan Getzloff uh, retiring that we talked about. We'll definitely have another show. I don't know if we'll do it before the end of the season or not, but we'll cover what's you know what's going to happen, uh, barring some other kind of crazy incident going on. But uh, Eddie and I will be at Getzloff's last game on the 24th. We are also going to give away tickets to that game as well. I got an extra two tickets. So look for that post on social media uh, for that giveaway uh, as well. And, and thanks for the support, especially on Instagram. Uh, I just want to make this announcement. Eddie, we went over 10,000 followers on Instagram, which has been crazy. Uh, mad support on there, which has been awesome. So just from me, uh, thank you, everybody, for the support on all the platforms, but especially uh, Instagram, Eddie. Oh, yeah. You guys have been great. you just been taking off on Instagram. Log on to post something. It's just, just crazy. I love how engaged you are. It's, it's, it's a lot of positivity, too, and, and just a lot of interactions, the messages, the talking. We apologize we can't get to everyone. Our schedule's busy. We try to respond as much as we can, but we really appreciate your support through Instagram, getting that 10K, as well as Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and, and all other platforms you guys support us on. We de- greatly appreciate it, uh, Mike especially. Mike works 156 percent. I don't know if that's possible, but Mike, like, has a clone, so that's how much work Mike does. But yeah, Mike, I'm appreciative to you as not just being your co-host and being part of this team, but I'm also being a fan of what you built from this uh, Ducks and Pucks until now. Thanks, man. Uh, it hasn't been easy, that's for sure. I, I've been working hard at it and and trying to build it up, and it definitely takes a team. I mean, you helped me out. You have a lot of other guys that write the articles now and, and some other people that run Twitter as well. So I'm looking to get more and more people active. So if, you know, if there's other people out there, if you're interested in joining our team, you know, hit us up, uh, DM Eddie or myself. I'm always looking for more people trying to build it up as well. So thank you for the support. We'll be back, like we said, in a week or two or whatnot. And let's go Ducks.